Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Have a seat. We're so glad that you're here. Come on, look at someone and say, you look good. You look good. You look good. We want to be a friendly people. One of our values is we see people. So we want to, listen, my heart and, and hope is that we never get so many people in the room that people don't see people. You, you need to be seen. The Bible says that our eyes are the window to our soul. And so you need someone looking at you and you need to be looking at someone. And I'm not talking about like the stalker look. Like <laughs> I'm just talking about seeing people and it's important. So here's the thing. We have for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about uh, being on target. We've been in the sermon series called On Target and we've been breaking this down. I would encourage you to go back and listen to our podcast uh, that is on Apple, that's on Google. And, and we, we just want you to stay hooked up and connected to the word. We believe that God has done everything for us to be on. The tar, we broke that down. T-A-R is the sticky part. And one verse that we have been going over uh, for the last couple of weeks that I want to show you one more time is Psalms 103, verse 1 through 5. They're going to put it up here on the screen. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Come on, everybody say benefits. benefits. Come on, online benefits, watching online benefits. And, and here are the benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquity. Who heals all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit, the pitiful, the pit, the, 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 the dark, deep places that you feel like you can never get out of. You know what I'm saying? The uh-ohs of life, the pit. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, and he satisfies. You know, your job don't satisfy. You know, marriage don't satisfy. Relationships, having kids, you can have all the kids you want. They're not going to satisfy you. But God says that he will satisfy you with good things, and he will renew your youth. And I don't know, maybe the last couple of years, maybe the season that you're in has kind of depleted your youth, but the spirit of God can bring that back and you can be, come on, the Bible says renewed. And what I learn and get from this text is that with God, all things are possible. Come on, listen, I don't know who needs to hear that today, but with God, all things are possible. Well, I've been married 25 years and she ain't never changed and I ain't never changed. We're probably never going to change. That's one way to look at it. Or you can be like, yo, with God, all things are possible. And, and, and for the one who has given a lot, maybe if I would submit to what he has for me, I could begin to see the transformation in my life. I guess I want you to know is that all things are, in fact, possible. Today... We are going to do something. The first service was awesome. You guys are going to have so much fun. We have 
today, our Communicator Sunday. And so what that means is, listen, it's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. It's going to be strong and not long. Come on, somebody. So some of you, you're already like, I like this church. But we have three communicators that are going to come up. They're all going to get 11 minutes. 11 minutes, right? And they are going to share their testimony. So we've, we, we believe that absolutely you get into the word, you unpack that. And so a couple times a year, we're going to do kind of a verse by verse. A couple times a year, we're going to do topical. But then there's got to be places for testimony because you don't need to think that, oh, there's Pastor Stephen giving us another thought about his life or what about whatever context. And I don't know, like all of, all of us are not going to, like you're not going to always be in my home wondering if what I'm saying is actually real. Now, I'm not lying to you, but, but you, you, we all know people that you're like, was that the truth? <laughs> we had the band over at my house, and it was so funny how three of them came up and goes, oh, that, those pictures were real. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I want you to know it's authentic what you get, but I think it's awesome for you to hear from all of our leaders. We have so many leaders in the church, and we want you to hear from them about what God's done in your life. And here's where this comes from. Mark chapter 5, verse 19. They're going to put it up here on the screen. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home. Okay, look, Jesus did a miracle. The guy wanted to rally and be a part of Jesus' crew. And Jesus said, go home. God, I can already tell you right now, if that would have happened, he would have been canceled. Everything that Jesus did was a lie because he didn't let me do what I wanted. The goal for your relationship with God is not that you get to do everything you want. The goal is that you are led and directed and he, and he does great things in your life to be able to lead you. Does that make sense? And so here's the context. He says, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And so we feel like from time to time, there is opportunities for us to tell what God has done and to reveal the mercy that God has given so that other people feel like and believe that whatever God did in their life, he can do in my life. Come on, does that make sense? And so today is about three different communicators that are going to share their story of God's mercy on their life and what he's done. And here's what I'm praying. I'm praying that... uh, something begins to stir in your life and that you leave here with hope and you leave here believing that with God, all things are possible. So with no further ado, come on, y'all, listen, let me just tell you this. Y'all going to have to bring it today. Okay. Cause we got three people and, and actually we're going to do three in this service and then we're going to do a whole nother three tonight. So if you, if you love this so much and you're like, hold up, I may need a double dose. Then, then you come back tonight because you're going to hear three different communicators. Then next week, you're going to hear three. And then uh, next week on Sunday night, you're going to hear a different three. So because we want you to know that God is moving and people have testimonies. And we believe that that can happen in your life. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap. So I, I am going to pray, and, uh, and then we're going to announce our first one. So y'all, go, everybody say amen. amen. Everybody say that's good. Because y'all got to help these people now. I mean, what if I put you up here? Some of you would be like, finally. You know what I'm saying? But, but other ones of you would be like, 
No, I would actually pee in my pants. You know what I'm saying? And so that's happened. It's cool. But, but we're going to help them. We're going to help them uh, not critique. We're going to help them because we want to get the message that God's done in them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you are doing. God, we believe that this word that goes forth, this testimony will encourage those in the room and those watching online. We thank you for what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody said... With no further ado, y'all put your hands together for Gary Piggies. All right, all right, all right. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's give it up for Pastor Steven. Come on. Come on. And Miss Katie, I know since I've been here, the church has blessed me so much, and I, I am honored to be able to speak to you today. Well, like Pastor Steven said, my name is Gary Piggies. I grew up in Mansfield, Louisiana, in the country. And I moved up here in 2018, and this is where I met my beautiful wife, who's sitting on the front, front row, Destin Piggies. Yes, yes, God is good. And we've been married for almost a year now, so yes. And God has been tremendously blessing us. And I'm also excited. My parents drove six hours away to come see me. They're sitting over here. So yes, I am very excited to see them today. And Yes, I'm awesome, and I'm, I'm excited to speak the word. Well, has, has anybody in here, have you ever done something that you thought was going to be super, super, super amazing, but it ended up being really, really dumb? Well, <laughs> your boy here, seven years ago, sadly, I must say, I invested into a timeshare. And, yes, yeah, some of you know what I'm talking about. And if you have a timeshare, I'm pretty sure you've done your research, you know what you're doing, and you're good. But for me, it was a pretty, pretty dumb decision. But at the time, you know, I thought it was going to be so amazing. You know, I had like all these 12 different locations that I could go to. I remember I, I had a spot in Gaveston. I had a spot, you know, near Atlanta, you uh, know, near uh, Chicago. And, you know, I had all these spots. And I was like, man, this is so cool. I could take my friends and take my family. And it would be awesome. But it was one thing that I I did not consider, you know, when I signed on that dotted line, and that was, you know, if anybody know me, you know that I'm not really an outdoors or a nature guy. And, you know, I don't like camping. I don't like hiking. And if it doesn't have anything to do with sports, I'm probably not doing it. So let me tell you the things that they sold me on. All right, cabins, lake houses. Waking up in the morning and looking at the sunrise and looking at the sunset and getting on the waters and fishing. And I hate fishing. You know, I, I love eating fish. Come on, I love fish, but I do not like catching them. And it didn't take me that long to realize that, you know what, I, have, I may have places to go, but I don't have much to do once I get there. So this ended up being something that I rarely ever used. And, you know, I don't know if that says a lot about them or a lot about me, but please, you do, you do not have to answer that question. <laughs> Fast forward, three years later in 2017, I felt like God was leading me to move up here to Northwest Arkansas. And, you know, the trusted salesman, you know, at the time convinced me that I had a five-year loan, but that's, that's another story. But... I was thinking that I had two years left on my loan, so I'm like, yeah, before I move, I am about to pay all this off, and I won't have to worry about it no more. But, you know, I learned something about this thing called interest. And, 
Yes. Yes. And to find out the first three years of my payments went towards nothing but the interest. And yes, you can only imagine. I wasn't feeling good at the time, but before I even had time to process that, you know, I, I heard the lady say, she was like, Mr. Piggies, and she said my name wrong because everybody does. She was like, Mr. Piggies, um, um, you do not have a five-year loan. You have a 15-year loan. And I was like, no way. I'm like, how did I let this happen? And I remember I was driving in my work truck at the time, and I was, you know, I rarely ever cry, but I remember pulling over on the side of the road, and I just... I just, tears was just pouring down my face because I felt like for the first time in my life, you know, I ruined my life. You know, I felt like a failure. You know, I felt deceived. You know, I felt, I felt dumb. I felt like it ain't no way I can get out of this. And I was thinking, and I, I would think back to, you know, my parents, they told me that, you know what, this is probably not the best idea. <laughs> and I was thinking, and I was like, I wish I would have listened to them. And I was like, I wish I could just go back in time, you know, and just change that decision that I made because I wanted to move here to Northwest Arkansas, but I felt like I wasn't going to be able to do that at the time. And I also wanted to buy a house, you know, in my near future. And I was like, there's no way I can buy a house right now because I can't afford it. And even if I let this timeshare foreclose, my credit would be so bad that I still would not be able to get the house. And, you know, I was single at the time, and I was like, man, I just ruined it. Because how am I going to convince somebody that I'm going to provide for them, and I make good decisions, and I'm going to take care of them with this on my resume? So I was like, man, I just ruined it for myself. I thought that this one decision ruined my whole life. And, you know, I started doing my research, and I came across, you know, these timeshare get-out programs, and they was like, you know what, yeah, yeah, give us $5,000, and, you know, we can try to get you out of this. And I was like, nah, nah, I'm going to pass on that. I feel like I just did this. And, and, you know, I came across Dave Ramsey, and you know, Dave Ramsey knows everything. And, and even he was like, yes, if you got yourself into this timeshare thing, I don't know what to tell you. You're just pretty much messed up. So I was like, no, not you too. You're supposed to know everything. And uh, <coughs> it seemed like the more I searched, the more hopeless that it got for me. But I realized that I was searching for all the answers in all the wrong places. Let me tell you, when I decided, when I started to put my trust in God, and when I decided to lean on God, I can't tell you that I got all the answers in that moment. There were still a lot of uncertainties. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I can tell you this. God gave me a peace, and God gave me a peace in the midst of the storm, and I didn't know how. I didn't know when, but I knew God was going to work it out for me because I remember that God, whenever I called on him, he has never let me down, and I decided that I was going to trust in him, and I knew that he wasn't going to let me down then. So now... You know, I can stand before you today and say, I no longer have a timeshare. Yes. Yes, I no longer have a timeshare. You know, I have good credit. You know, I was able to move up here to Northwest Arkansas, obviously. And, and also, it did not keep me from marrying the woman of my dreams. Yes, God is good. And I'm here to tell you today that your mistakes cannot, is not bigger than God's plans for your life.
God's plans is bigger than your mistakes. And also, me and Destin are in a good position right now to buy a house. And you know, three years ago, I could not say that. I did not think that was possible. But I'm here to tell you today that with God, all things are possible. And yes, let's give God a hand clap. That's good. God is good. God is good. And also, if you didn't know, I, I am a delivery driver for FedEx. And, you know, at the end of February, if you remember, the roads was very icy. And you, you could barely drive on there. But we, we ended up working anyway. So I don't know what to tell you. But <laughs> I remember my supervisor telling me, she said, whatever you do, do not get stuck. And, you know, I heard her clearly all three times. And still, I don't know what to tell you because I got stuck. And, and I remember as soon as it happened, I was like, God, please help me because I knew I was going to get a mouthful as soon as I made that phone call. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to get out myself because I do not want to get in trouble today. So I tried my best to get out, and it didn't work out so well. I tried for like five minutes, and I was like, I'm about to give in. I am about to go ahead and accept my fate. And behold, a man came out of one of the houses with a bucket of gravel, and he was like, my wife told me to come out here and help you. And I was like, thank God for you and your wife, because y'all are about to get me out of a lot of trouble. And, you know, as I tell this story, you know, we, we put gravel on behind the tires, and I was able to get traction, and I was able to get out. And, you know, you know, I see God, as soon as we get stuck, and as soon as we feel like we're in something that we can't get out of, you know, I see God coming towards us, you know, like that man who came towards me with that bucket of gravel, and here comes God with a bucket of whatever we need to help us get out of our situation. And this brings me to my point number one, God can get you unstuck. Come on, nothing's not too big for God. Come on, all you have to do is call on God and trust in him, and he can get you out. You are never too stuck for God. Come on. Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. Come on. This scripture tells us that if we call, if we call and we ask God, he can do more than we, we can even imagine. Come on. God is big. Come on. God is bigger and God is able. I'm here to tell you today that your pain is not in vain. Come on. When I bought that timeshare, it caused me a lot of pain, but I bet you now I listen to wisdom and instruction. And listen, I know to go to wise counsel before I make a big decision. I, I am no longer, I'm not as prideful as I used to be. It, I have better character and now I am a better person. I'm here to tell you today that what you're going through today will be a testimony. Come on, for somebody tomorrow. Because there will be somebody who's going through something that you're going through right now. And they're going to have to hear how you overcame to give them hope. So I'm here to tell you today that you have a reason to smile. Come on, you're going to get over it. You're, it's going to work out. God has your back, and everything is going to work together for your good. And you may be here today, and you feel like you, you have deep regrets, and you're feeling like if I just didn't make that decision, you know, my life would be good right now, or my finances, my, my finances would be good, or if I just didn't make that one mistake, you know, I, I will have a better relationship with my family. Well, I'm here to tell you, and this brings me to my second point, 
that our God forgives and our God restores. And I'm telling you that, that what the enemy has tried to use for evil to tear you down, I'm here to tell you that God can turn that around and use it for your good. And we have good news because God can restore everything that you think that you've lost today. Come on, God is good. God is good. And also, I don't know if you know about the story of Job, but Job lost everything. And, you know, God not only restored everything to him, but he gave him more. I believe that can be your story today. And, you know, every setback that you ever had, I believe that it's a setup for God to show up and to show out in your life. And I just want to remind you today that God loves you. Come on. God will never leave you. And with God, all things are possible. Come on. Let us pray. God, we thank you, and we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your anointing. God, I pray for every person in this room who's feeling depressed. God, I pray that you lift their spirit and give them a supernatural joy today. God, I pray for every person in this room who's dealing with regret. God, I pray, pray that you give them the peace that surpasses all understanding and let them know that they have a future and they have a hope in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I am excited to in introduce this next person. This is Alexis. Hey! Awesome. Awesome. How are you guys doing this morning? Yeah. Second service. This is the best service. Um, but like Gary mentioned, my name is Alexis. I moved up here from Louisiana five years ago to be a part of the house and be the one ministries. And I met my husband. He's amazing. Um, and we moved up here, and now my husband and I, we lead the framework team here at the house. And then I'm also the house outreach coordinator. And then I work for Be The One Ministries, and I'm the director for Pastor Stephen and Katie. And let me just say, I love everything that God is doing in this ministry. God is moving in this ministry, and we are so blessed to be a part of a ministry that's, that's anointed and that people are coming and being a part of it, and their lives are being completely changed. And I also love this sermon series that we're in right now. With God, all things are possible. And a major part of my story is that it's possible for God to be close to us, even in our darkest, most painful, deepest situations that we may face. You know, we all have moments in life where it's heavy, you know. Maybe you're going through something with your family or a friend or, or, or your job, and in those moments, it's easy to feel like God is far away because, you know, why would God... If God was here, it would be good, right? <laughs> but you find yourself in these situations where you just feel like God is so distant. But I've come to learn that even in those dark, heavy moments, God is present. We just have to choose to look for him and to trust him in those situations. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, William was getting ready to propose to me. We had been dating for a couple of years, and there was a weekend that came up, and I was going to go on a girl's trip with some of my closest friends, and we go on this trip every single year, and this specific year, we were going to Hot Springs, Arkansas, and um, William was like, while you're gone this weekend, I'm going to go visit my family in Mississippi, and I was like, all right, sounds good, and little did I know, he was going to Mississippi to pick up my engagement ring and then he was going to meet me in hot springs and propose and so my friends had to set the scene right like I'm completely clueless I have no clue that this is about to go down and so they were like Alexis every year we go on this trip 
and we have so much fun, but we don't have any good pictures. And so they were like, why don't we get all dressed up and go to the botanical garden and have a photo shoot? And y'all, I was all in. I was like, this is the best day ever. Um, That night, I went and bought a new outfit, and we spent like half the day doing our hair, doing our makeup, and we go to this botanical garden, and we're having our photo shoot, and all of a sudden, I see this man that looks a lot like William standing on a bridge. And I'm like, huh, interesting. And y'all, literally two hours before this, William's mom had sent me a picture of him sleeping on their family couch in Mississippi. So I'm like, I don't even believe that it's him. I'm like, it looks like him. He's moving like William, but must not be William. So I'm just standing there frozen in disbelief that it's actually him. It all worked out. I figured it out. I said yes. Um, Things turned out great. But I think it's common in our hard days that we face when things are heavy that we find ourselves in this same situation with God. You know, we convince ourselves he's far away. He's distant. He's not close. And so he's standing there right in front of us, and we don't even see him because we don't believe that he's there. And I had this type of moment with God a few years ago in 2019. Um, I was a college student at the time, and I was working at a local coffee shop. And while I was on my shift, I got a call from Pastor Stephen, and I was like, huh, like he doesn't usually call me. I better answer this. So I answer, and instantly I could tell something was off. And he was like, Alexis, what are you doing? I told him I was at work, and he was like, okay, tell your manager that you need to leave and that you won't be back for the day. And, um, and then meet me at the church. And so told my manager, hopped in the car, and y'all, I knew, okay, something is horribly wrong. I could feel it in my gut. And when I got to the church, this was the moment that I found out that I had lost my mom. And y'all, she was 52 years old. She was young. She was healthy. There was no sickness. Um, it wasn't a moment where I expected something like this to happen. And shortly after, I found out that it was worse than us just losing her. Um, she actually, there was a person who made a, self, a selfish, horrible decision to take my mom's life. And y'all, instantly, I was so overwhelmed with emotion. Um, The person that chose to do this, he had been a part of my life for a very long time. Um, He had been in a relationship with my mom for 10 years, and he had supported me on mission trips with Be The One Ministries. And even two months before this moment, myself and William and the rest of my family had spent the holidays with him. Like this was someone that I knew and that we had depth with. But we discovered that they hit a rough patch in their relationship, and the man uh, made some poor decisions. He was under the influence of alcohol and other substances, and then that day, he chose to take my mom's life, and then he drove two hours back to his parents' house. I don't know how somebody can drive two hours after doing something like that. Let me just say that first. But he drove two hours back to his parents' house, and that evening, whenever the detectives located him at his parents' house, they went and knocked on the door, and then he took his own life um, at his parents' bathroom. And y'all, like, the next few weeks were crazy. They consisted of my sister and I, um, 
We were in and out of detectives' offices at 20 and 25 years old. Um, We had to go back to my childhood home that I grew up in that had just flipped into a crime scene. And then we had to plan a celebration of life for my mom, who we lost way too early. And let me just say, during this time, I felt like God was so very far from me. Like, I did not feel like he was right next to me. I did not feel like he was comforting me. You know, how could God be close to me right now when I'm facing a Lifetime movie in real life? It was crazy. And there were a couple of things that I had to learn when facing this really tough situation. And when we're going through tough times, we must choose to first look for God. I had to learn how to become aware of God's presence, even though my situation was so dark. In Matthew 7, 7 through 8, it says, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who searches finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. This verse is telling us that if you look for God, you're going to find him. He doesn't hide himself from you. And when we're going through a hard time, it's super easy to be clouded with so much emotion that you don't look for God. And because you're not looking for him, you don't find him. And when my mom passed away, the evidence of God being present was there. But since I felt like he was distant, I missed him. Just like whenever William was proposing, I felt like he was far away. So he was standing right in front of me and I completely was like, oh, that's not William. We do the same thing with God. Um, But once I began to look for God in the situation, it was so easy to see how he was present. Just a couple of examples of God being present in that situation. Um, The detective who worked my mom's case, um, he just so happened, this happened in Louisiana, okay, so a state away, not in northwest Arkansas, and the detective who was working the case in Louisiana just so happened to, years prior, be a camp counselor under Pastor Stephen in Arkansas. And because I'm Natchitoches, Um, where this happened is a very small town, and he knew um, that was my mom, and he was like, oh, this is the family. Alexis moved up to Northwest Arkansas to be under Pastor Stephen and Katie's ministry, and so because of that relationship, he called Pastor Stephen, and that's the only reason I found out through someone who had mentored me and invested in me versus finding out scrolling on Facebook um, through news articles that were already um, published online. And so that was God protecting me from it being an even, a, a horrible situation being even more difficult. And then another example is I got the opportunity to live with Pastor Stephen and Katie just a year before this happened. And that specific year that I lived with them, their family had actually gone through a ton of hardship. Their youngest daughter got super sick randomly and to the point where they didn't know if she was going to make it. And then just a few months later, their family also got into a horrible car accident. And it was tough, y'all. But I got to see how their family trusted in God read the word, stood in faith, and they didn't give up, and they they trusted that God was present, and so this prepared me for whenever I faced this horrible situation with my mom, it prepared me to know how to respond instead of running far away from God, and so I encourage you, when you're in a hard situation, 
and it's tough, ask yourself, where can I see God in this situation? And I believe that you will find him. And then the next thing that I had to learn is I had to learn how to trust God. Our God is a good father. And even though we face horrible situations, that doesn't discredit how good he is. In Matthew 7, 9 through 11, it says, You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? And so when you ask God for something, he isn't ignoring you. He hears your requests and he answers your prayers. If you ask God for comfort, he's not going to give you depression instead. And, and I'm not talking about like, God, please fix this situation. And then you snap your finger and everything's better. There were years of me really processing this heavy wound. And even still on holidays and birthdays, it is not easy for me. Like on Mother's Day, most likely I'm going to be in a tough spot. But I had to choose to lean into God. And there were moments where I had to open my journal and just like tears were coming down. And I had to pour out the betrayal and the hurt and the wounds that were inside of me, and he did comfort me. As I consistently did that, he answered my cries, um, and he is a good father. I had to learn to trust God, even though my circumstances gave me every reason not to. And the truth is, because we live in a broken world that's filled with sin and heartache, um, we're going to face hard moments. They are unstoppable and they're unexpected and and they will happen and I know that there are people in the room maybe you've recently lost a relative or maybe you've really just battling been battling with depression and or you've lost a job and you're just in a really hard spot and I'm here to encourage you that if you look for God in your situation you will find him and our God is a good father and he wants to comfort you in the middle of those dark days. And so you guys pray with me. God, I just thank you for this day. We thank you and we honor you that you are a good father, even in the darkest, most painful situations. And we thank you that you do bring healing. And I ask that if there's anyone in this room who is in a season of heaviness, I ask that you would teach them how to see you and how to trust you even when it's extremely hard. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is my honor to introduce our next communicator. You guys give it up for Sean O'Keen. This morning, I was uh, joking with Gary and Alexis, and I said, look, you guys have to do an amazing job because I'm, I just want to coast in behind you. So uh, uh, my name is Sean O'Keen, and uh, most of you probably know me as Amanda's husband, uh, but I have a daughter named Haley and a son named Luke. Um, we've been at the house really since the beginning. Uh, Stephen and Katie and Amanda and I have known each other since college, and uh, we were at the very first service, and I've had the honor for the last several years of serving as a board member, and so I'm so incredibly impressed with what Pastor Stephen and Pastor Katie have done. And we should all be proud, really, to be a part of such a wonderful church. Um, 
I wanted to, to tell you that every time that I get up to speak, I'm always a little nervous. And uh, the reason that I'm nervous is really for two reasons. One is, is that I want you to like me, right? So everybody wants to be liked. It's just part of life. Um, and I had an uncle who was a Baptist minister for 57 years, and he said, when you get nervous on stage and you don't know what you're going to say next, just repeat what you just said and slowly walk back to your notes. So if you see me today, I'm getting you on a little trick um, that I'm nervous and I don't know what I'm going to say. The second thing, though, is that I'm going to share something with you that's dear and dear in my heart. And I'm praying, I prayed this morning that God touches your heart exactly where you're at. Because what I'm going to share with you is real and it's impactful in my life. The title of my sermon today is that when there seems to be no way, Jesus will make a way. So in Matthew 14, 22 through 33... I'm going to summarize the first part of it. But Jesus told the disciples, get in the boat and go out on the lake. Go ahead of me. And he went up on the mountain and he began to pray all night. And while he was there, a mighty storm blew in. And the wind and the waves were crashing over the boat. And the disciples thought they were going to drown and die. So we pick up in verse 25 and it says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, when they saw the disciples, when, he, when, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water and he came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind and the waves, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt me? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And all the disciples worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. See, when there seems to be no way, when the waves are crashing in, when the disciples thought they were going to sink and drown, Jesus made a way. In January of 2020, I embarked on a new journey. I set my ship a sail. I decided to leave my career of 20 years as president of a prestigious company in Arkansas. To pursue my dream of business ownership with one of my best friends. I was excited about the future. The skies were clear. The water was calm. Literally, the first week I started, COVID hit. My best friend looked over at me and said, welcome to business ownership. But you know what? We survived. We worked hard. We got through it. Let's fast forward two months later, May of 2020. Right as we get through it, I received a call in the middle of the night telling me to come say goodbye to one of the pillars in my life. My uncle Ronnie was a Baptist minister for 57 years and suddenly he passed away. 
He was one of the people who defined me. He was my mentor. He was my friend. He was my father. And he was suddenly gone. You got to understand, I talked to him three to four times a week. This is the person I called when there was a problem. And he was gone. Fast forward a few months later, I received a call in the middle of the day that my mom had had a stroke and was in ICU. For the next five months, I watched my mother slowly pass away. I was working during the day, and I was staying up with my mom all night long. And because of COVID, I was doing it all alone. Those nights were lonely. They were dark. Understand, I had started a new career. I had purchased a new business. I had lost two important family members in my life, and I had moved my family to northwest Arkansas all within the same year. The day I moved my family to northwest Arkansas, Amanda did it alone because I was in the hospital saying goodbye to my mom. It seemed like things in my life were overwhelming. It was dark. The waves were crashing in. And I wasn't sure how I was going to make it. Here's what I knew for certain. What I knew for certain is that it felt impossible and my boat wasn't big enough to survive the waves and the storm. That's what I knew for certain. As I sat in the hospital in the middle of the night, it was probably 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And to be quite honest with you, my emotions at that point was, God, why are you doing this to me? And it hit me in the middle of the night about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. A sermon that I had heard years ago. And it was titled, When There Seems to Be No Way, Jesus Will Make a Way. See, in our impossible moments, when life is overwhelming... Here comes Jesus to provide the impossible solution. See, I've encountered countless moments in my life, and I've analyzed the situation to death and had no solution. But yet somehow, it just worked out. God brought the person into my life. He brought the financial capabilities. He gave me the ideas, whatever it may have been. But Jesus made a way. See, what I want you to take away from the story of Jesus walking on the water is that, number one, in the scary times, we have to be willing to step out of the boat. See, how scary it must have been. Think about this for a second. When the waves were crashing in, the wind, crashing in and the wind was blowing, Jesus came walking across the water, but only Peter had the faith to step out of the boat. Can you imagine... This situation, you're a disciple, you're in the boat. You just thought you were going to die. And here comes Jesus. And you're saying to yourself, Hey, I know what's going to happen when this dude steps in the water. He's going to drown. He's got a robe on. He's not going to be able to swim. Right? It's scary. I know what's going to happen. He's going to drown and he's going to die. See, what I wanted you to know about the situation with my mom is that what I really wanted in life 
was for life to stop. I wanted it to slow down. See, I didn't want to answer the phone calls. I didn't want to answer the emails. I didn't want to have to deal with business. All that I really wanted was for it to slow down. But even when it was scary, I had to make steps. I had to step out of the boat. See, when Peter stepped out of the boat, what we have to understand is that it wasn't a glorious moment. Matter of fact, it was a scary moment. And when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. Which leads me to my second point, which is we must be willing to follow our faith and keep our eyes on Jesus. What I have learned in life is that we must get comfortable being uncomfortable. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So growth comes from our willingness to step out of the boat and have the faith. See, when we're uncomfortable, it's typically when we grow the most, right? Uncomfortableness brings growth, but we must know it's going to be scary at times. We pray to be used by God. We pray that we walk in His will and we're used for His will. But how often do we stop trusting, start sinking, and want to climb back in the boat? When we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can accomplish the impossible. So in closing... What I want you to understand is that all things are possible when we see Jesus walking on the water. But we have to be willing to step out of the boat when it's scary. We have to have faith. We have to keep our eyes on him. And we have to believe that he's not going to let us sink. Jesus demonstrated that all things were possible when he walked on the water. But here's what I want you to take away. The real prize was when the disciples realized that the storm was over. It wasn't in the midst. It's when they realized that the journey was over and they had reached the shore. And they were able to tell everyone of all that Jesus did to save them. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today. May God give you the courage... To step outside of the boat. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy that surrounds us. Father, we pray that you give us courage to step outside of the boat. To overcome our fears. To put our trust in you. And that, Father, that we become comfortable being uncomfortable in life. Because we know that through that, you are creating amazing growth within us. Father, we pray for everyone in this room today that is struggling. They're scared. They're afraid to step outside of the boat. Father, we pray that you give them. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.